Hello everyone uh, and welcome to today's briefing session on the Indian Code of Wages which we'll be discussing uh, and it also will touch upon points which will affect your business. My name is Arjun Puleri. Uh, I'm a partner at the Employment and Commercial Law Practice at BDG Legal. I'm joined by my colleague Jaya who will uh, run us through the presentation and take any questions that may come up. I'll start off with a brief introduction of BTG Legal. BTG Legal is a disputes and transactional law firm in India with uh, market-leading technical expertise. Uh, we are known for our deep understanding of various key sectors, including aerospace and defense, digital business, energy infrastructure, financial services, industrials, life sciences, real estate, retail and transport, and IT. We work closely with Osborne Clark, uh, a in leading international law firm, and therefore, as a consequence, are able to extend our reach globally too. Our lawyers are composed of a mix of individuals who have worked both in Indian and international law firms, as well as Indian and international MNCs uh, as in-house lawyers. I'm very pleased to moderate today's webinar for you and we are delighted that you're able to join us for this webinar in these highly challenging times. Before we start the presentation, and I pass it over to Jaya, I have a few housekeeping items to cover about this presentation and our webinar platform. The webinar is audio only, but uh, we'd love to hear from you during and after today's presentation. If you have a question for any of our speakers, please feel free to send it through uh, the Q&A tab on the right-hand side of your control panel. We'll be answering questions at the end of the session. You can always share your questions, comments, and thoughts by email to us at any time after the webinar. Also, a reminder that this webinar is being recorded and will be placed on our website for viewing on demand uh, as and when you may require it. Now, I'll pass it over to my colleague Jaya, who will take us through uh, the code on wages and how it impacts your business. Thank you, Arjun. Hello everyone, I hope you guys had a lovely weekend. Thank you for joining us today and I will be giving you a brief overview on the code of wages. As you are aware, there's a major labor reform happening in India right now and uh, the intention behind it is probably, you know, is to simplify the law and the compliances that are required by employers and employees and probably bringing in uniformity. Keeping this in mind, currently 29 existing labor acts are getting subsumed and they are going into four distinct labor codes. Now, each labor code uh, covers different aspect of employment law. So the categories majorly are, as you know, uh, wages, second being social security, where we deal with, you know, the social security benefits that are given to employees and workers like the PF, uh, gratuity, pension. Thirdly, there is industrial relations, which govern basically how the employment conditions are supposed to be for a worker. So here you have the trade unions, the strike, the lockouts, you deal with those. And lastly, you have the Occupational Safety, Health and Working Conditions Code, which deals with, you know, uh, how a working environment has to be at a workplace, about making it a safe environment and providing certain welfare benefits to the employees. So uh, let's start off. Uh, so these four codes are expected to come into effect on 1st of April 
2021, this is a tentative date. And once these codes become law, it will have an impact on the compliances followed by companies and may require revision uh, to the to see the employee benefits, the other arrangements such as you know updating your wages to meet the new minimum wage requirement, revising statutory uh, contributions to social security schemes, or incorporating new arrangements to deal with employee grievances and obtaining additional mandatory registrations. The four acts that are getting con uh, subsumed in the wages code is the Minimum Wages Act. Currently, the Minimum Wages Act applies to all employments that are scheduled in the Minimum Wages Act. So, and uh, so it's a it's a central act, but the states have the power to add more to this list of schedule. Second being the Payment of Wages Act, this is applicable to employees who are drawing wages up to 24,000 rupees. This is also getting subsumed. And interestingly, now this threshold is going to go. Third is the Payment of Bonus Act, which is applicable to employees drawing uh, wages up to 21,000. And lastly, the Equal Remuneration Act, which is applicable to all employees in all establishments. So we start with the main thing, which is the definition of wages itself. Uh, you would know that uh, having so many acts in place, the definition of wages differ a lot from ev in, every, in every enactment. And probably that's why, you know, there's a lot of litigation that goes, happens just into the interpretation of what is wage. Right now, what the wages code is doing is it is giving us a uniform definition and this is divided into three parts. The first part is basically an inclusive part, which is all your remuneration. And this includes your basic pay, your dearness allowance and retaining allowance, if any. So it's, it's, it's not exhaustive. It's an inclusive part. The second part of the definition is it provides you seven exclusions. The, uh, the, the definition expressly excludes 11 components in determining wages. This can still be part of your remuneration breakup, but for the purpose of computing wages and the benefits under these codes, these will not be considered as wages. So let's go through these. So one is your bonus payable under any law. So basically it's talking about your statutory bonus. Secondly, the value of any house accommodation or of the supply of light, water, medical attendance or other amenities or other services excluded from the computation of wages by a general or special order of the appropriate government. Here, appropriate government will mean, you know, where it is the state who is the appropriate government, the state will decide this. If it is the center, it would be the center providing this list. Thirdly, the contribution paid by the employer to any pension or PF and the interest that accrues on it. Fourthly, any conveyance allowance or any value of any travel concessions. Fifth, we have any sum paid to the employee per employed person to defray special expenses entailed to him by the nature of his employment. Here I would like to point out, this is not equivalent to a special allowance. A special allowance is basically more in the nature of a fixed allowance that is given. Here, what the definition is excluding is any, uh, any amount paid to defray any special expense that is in by an employee by the nature of his employment. Fourthly, uh, then we have the house rent allowance and HRA. Now, the reason I have underlined HRA out here is because HRA was not excluded from wages until now. So under the Minimum Wages Act, under the Payment of Wages Act, and, and under the Payment of Bonus Act, 
house rent allowance has always been a component of wages, which is not the case anymore. It's explicitly been excluded. Then you have the remuneration payable under any award or settlement between the parties or order of a court tribunal. Any overtime allowance that you may be giving to your employees, any commission that is payable to the employees. Uh, then we have any gratuity payable on the termination. Gratuity is not going to be part of your wages anymore. It is part of your remuneration, but not wages. And lastly, any retrenchment compensation or other retiremental benefits payable to an employee or any excretion amount that may be paid to him. Here, I have just highlighted a few as examples that I've underlined just to give you an idea that these were previously included, but now have been specifically excluded. This is the third part of the definition. So the first part being what includes, what is included in wages. Second part being the 11 explicit exclusions. Third are basically there are two provisos that come into play. So the first proviso says that if nine of the components out of the 11 that we just read are specifically, you know, are specifically, which I've mentioned specifically, are exceeding 50% of the gross remuneration, that is the total remuneration payable to an employee, the incremental amount which is exceeding that 50% will need to be considered as wages and included in the first part. Let me give you an example. Uh, it, it does sound very complicated. So if part A is your all your inclusions, Part B is all your exclusions. So if the nine specific items in part B are exceeding the 50%, the, the, the excess part will go into computing the wages. So if your example, if your, uh, if your, if your total remuneration is 10,000 rupees and all your inclusions, what is actually a wage as per the definition is just 400 rupees, which is less than 50%, um, 4,000 rupees, sorry. Uh, which is less than 50%. So here, and your exclusions are coming to a good 6,000 rupees. So the additional 1,000, which is needed to make a 50%, will go back into wages. So instead of 4,000, which is actually your wages, under the definition, becomes 5,000 for the purpose of computing benefits. The implication of this comes more prominently in the social security code. The second proviso basically says that uh, for the purpose of, there, there are four components again from this list of 11, which you can see here, which is conveyance and traveling allowance, house rent allowance, award and or settlement out of judicial proceedings and overtime allowance. These only for the purpose of equal pay to all genders and for the purpose of payment of wages will be considered as part of wages. I'll try to give you an example here because uh, of the definition. So uh, what we uh, we have just I've taken an example of what generally looks like a salary structure, I've taken certain components that we see very usually in companies. So you have your fixed remuneration and you have your performance, which is your variable pay. So if your fixed remuneration components being basic salary, your house rent allowance, conveyance allowance and special allowance, here, HRA and conveyance allowance have been specifically excluded from the definition because they come within the 11 exclusions. So here, if you go to, if you see A, A is basically going to be just your basic salary and your special allowance. So these two components 
which is your 9,000 rupees of basic salary and special allowance of 1,000 rupees are together going to be your wages. So this is going to be 10,000. This is your wage for all purposes under the code is 10,000 rupees. Now, uh, your exclusions will be your HRA and conveyance, which is 5,000, 5,000. This comes to another 10,000. So your total remuneration here, which is your inclusions, the A component and the B component being the exclusions, together come to a 20,000. And they're equally divided. There's a 50, 50%. It's, it's not leaning either way. So here, when you're calculating for the purpose of minimum wage, your minimum wage uh, now is 10,000 rupees under the wages code. The existing position under the Minimum Wages Act would have included HRA as well. So you can see in the, in the table I have provided below, the under the existing position, you can see I've mentioned it as the components being basic salary, your house rent allowance, and your special allowance. So this is your existing position. This, which means your minimum wages under the existing position would be 15,000 in this example. However, under the wages code, because the HRA has been excluded, this is going to now be just 10,000. There's a 5,000 rupee difference. Now, for the purpose of payment of wages, again, under the existing position, HRA was always included, not the conveyance allowance though. Therefore, your um, wages for the purpose of payment of wages to an employee would have been the 9,000 rupees plus your HRA of 5,000 and your special allowance of 1,000, which comes to 15,000 rupees. But here, under the wages code, it's going to be everything. So if you remember the second proviso that we just read here, which says that certain exclusions will be included for the purpose of payment of wages and equal remuneration. Therefore, the HRA and conveyance are going to be included. And for the purpose of payment of wages, your wage would be 20,000 under the wages code, which is your whole component of A and component B together. Now, uh, wages for the purpose of computing bonus. We will deal a lot more uh, in detail about bonus in the coming slides here, just for the illustration purposes. Currently, under the Payment of Bonus Act, only the basic pay component would have been taken into account, which is the 9,000 rupees. However, under the wages code, again, it will be basic salary plus your special allowance because these both come under the inclusive part of the definition. So your, your wages for the purpose of payment of bonus would be now 10,000 and not 9,000. Uh, let's try one more example. Here the components remain the same, but I have changed the amounts that I mentioned here. So here the basic salary is 9,000 and uh, the HRA is another 9,000 conveyance allowance of 6,000 and special allowance of 1,000. So here you see your fixed components all are coming to 25,000, which is your A plus B, your inclusions plus your exclusions come to 25,000. However, your exclusions, which are the, which is 9,000 plus 6,000 is coming 15,000, is coming 15,000 rupees. The, the 50% of 25,000 would have been, would be 12,500. So your, for the purpose of wages, your inclusive part, your, the A component should have been 12,500 at least. However, in this example, you will see that the basic salary is 9,000 and just special allowance 1,000. So your inclusive, your wages under this particular illustration 
is only 10,000 rupees and not 12,500. Therefore, the first proviso would kick in here. Let me show you. So for the purpose of minimum wages under the current position, it would be a basic salary plus your house rent allowance and your special allowance. So 19,000 under the existing position. Under the new position, this would be your A component, which is 10,000, which is very short of uh, the 50%, plus the excess, which needs to make it a 50%. So here, it would basically be your 15,000 rupees minus 50% of your wages, which is 12,500. The excess being 2,500 gets added to 10,000 rupees for the purpose of computing wages. So here, your wages for all purposes would be 12,500 rupees and not 10,000. Payment of under for payment of wages again under the new under the old position it would be 19,000 rupees, which is your basic salary, your house rent allowance, and special allowance. However, because of the second proviso, it is going to be A plus B, it's going to be 25,000 is your wages for the purpose of payment of wages to an employee. For the purpose of payment of bonus, again, because uh, the, the first proviso would kick in because it's less than 50%. So it's going to be a 12,000 plus 2,500 to get it to a 50%. So your wages for the purpose of computing payment of bonus would again be 12,500 here. Now we will be talking about some of the significant changes that we are going to see what's happening. So first being the definition of wages itself that which we dealt with right now. So um, the modification in the exclusions and the riders related will lead to probably wage restructuring across the establishments. So um, while a single uh, definition reduces the ambiguity and confusion, therefore may reduce to may reduce the litigation, but much remains to be seen with regards to the effect of the wage structuring and on your payroll and your statutory benefits. And uh, so another thing is now compliances are no longer limited by wages drawn. So the Payment of Wages Act currently is applicable only to employees who draw wages up to 24,000 rupees. Now, the, what the Wages Code does is it removes this wage threshold, making it applicable to everyone. The implication of this is that um, it is uh, irrespective of the wages that you draw, all the provisions that are getting covered will be applicable to everybody. So, for ex I will deal with an example of this a little later. So, so the existing position under law and the wages code is very similar. There is not really much change. The change is all coming from the applicability here. Third is time limit for payment of wages in case of employee separation. So, uh, the Payment of Wages Act also mentions when a wage has to be provided to an employee. Currently, it is determined on the basis of the number of employees that are there in a company. So, factories or establishments with less than 10, uh, sorry, with less than 1000 persons, they have to make the payment on the seventh day of the succeeding month. Whereas if you have employees which are more than 1000, then you need to pay them by at least the 10th of the subsequent month. Now this employee threshold is going. It provides a very uniform application where wages have to be paid to everybody by the 7th of the succeeding month. And in case of termination, you have to make the payment within two days 
of the person's last day, which has always been the case. However, uh, there is a new addition. It is now talking also about resignation, which means that if an employee resigns uh, from his uh, employment, companies, the company will have to set, provide him his wages, provide him a settlement within two days. So uh, this is going to be a big change for companies who do not currently you know, follow this. They will have to recalibrate where they are able to release the payment of, a, of an employee who is separating much earlier. Calculation of bonus. Uh, so currently, the Payment of Bonus Act is applicable to employees who are drawing wages up to 21,000 rupees. What the wages code is now doing is it is removing this threshold of 21,000 rupees, which was earlier uniformly applicable. Now it's giving the state governments the power to fix the wage ceiling uh, for the purpose of applicability of bonus, which means that the ceiling fixed by the state of Karnataka, for example, will differ, may differ from the state of Maharashtra. So this is going to be a little cumbersome for employers. The companies who are having presence in more than one state will have to check what is the applicability in each state. Again, uh, currently the payment of bonus act is applicable to establishments with 20 or more employees. That is going to continue. Uh, there is also a provision which deals with disqualification from receiving bonus. So employees under the current act are, you know, um, disqualified from receiving statutory bonus if the person is dismissed from service for fraud, for violent behavior on premises, or for theft, misappropriation, or sabotage of property. This list continues, and there is now a new addition. Basically, any employee who is convicted for sexual harassment, which will lead to a dismissal, also would not qualify for a statutory bonus. So, a com uh, so companies can only deny this uh, if there is a dismissal of service that is arising from any of the four grounds. For example, if an employee is found guilty of sexual harassment uh, by the ICC and the person has been let off with a warning, this cannot be a ground to not give him bonus because it has not resulted in a dismissal. He will still be eligible for bonus. Another thing is uh, for the purpose of bonus, uh, the available surplus has been, uh, for, for the purpose of calculating bonus, the available surplus has been increased from uh, to 67%. This is currently 60%. This means that the bucket for statutory bonus uh, will be enlarged. Lastly, um, sorry, uh, set off and recovery from payment for pay from pay. The Payment of Wages Act provides a list of uh, permitted deductions. It's it's an exhaustive list, and currently this is not applicable to all employees because Payment of Wages Act was only applicable to employees who were drawing wages up to twenty four thousand. Now, with the threshold of twenty four thousand being removed, this is now applicable to all employees which means uh, you may, it may be difficult to recover certain amounts which are not mentioned there. Like, you know, usually you do have clawback provisions in your employment agreement. You may be given joining bonuses with, you know, uh, with some conditions which may be recoverable for you. Now it has to be seen how this is going to pan out. It may not be possible for companies to, uh, you know, recover that amount. 
so it is uh, you know how you drafted everything is your employment agreements this is something now it's it's really going to be very important here lastly the limitation period to raise claims by employees has been increased to 3 years so the wages code gives one blanket limitation period of 3 years this under the existing four acts was ranging anywhere between 6 uh, months to 2 years which means now employees have a longer time period these are also uh, these are procedural changes these are not really substantive like the ones which we dealt because the earlier slide if you see uh, the computation of bonus uh, where the available surplus pool has increased from 60% to 67% or you know um, when the full and final settlement has to be paid or it will be considered that you are actually breaching a provision of law these all are going to be substantive and companies will have to now see how they will bring about a change in you know to have this implementation done these are procedural changes here where uh, when new concepts have been introduced one is the floor wages so a uh, floor wages is a completely new concept which is a wage that is going to be introduced by the central government the central government is basically going to consider a lot of aspects like uh, you know the geographical conditions and uh, many conditions for uh, for workers uh, living conditions and accordingly is going to fix a floor wage for each place now the state government can fix the minimum wage however the state government cannot go below the floor wage additionally if the state has already fixed a minimum wage which is much higher much higher than the floor wages it does not mean that the state government can reduce their minimum wage to match the floor wage if it is already high it remains so however where it is low it cannot go below the floor wages another new concept introduced is the inspector come facilitator so currently uh, the labor codes have the concept of an inspector who can you know inspect your premises who can do an inquiry and an inspection here the role of the person has changed where he's not just an inspector he's a facilitator his role is more of as not just of inspection but also advisory where he's helping the workers as well as the employer to comply with the provisions of the wages code which means that if there is a non compliance earlier Uh, an inspector could you could you could have been prosecuted but right now you would be given an opportunity to correct that to rectify the breach and uh, only if you fail to do so will you be prosecuted but otherwise this is very beneficial to companies uh, this is very beneficial to workers as well this is uh, is a very helpful provision thirdly penalties uh, the fines have been increased but you know the imprisonment terms have been decreased so currently under the three acts penalties are ranging anywhere between 500 rupees to say about 20 to 23000 and imprisonment imprisonments up to 6 months and uh, there is no provision also for compounding of offenses currently uh, what is happening under the wages code is the fines have increased a lot but there's also it allows you to compound offenses which are only punishable with fines and not imprisonment and the compounding of offenses is only applicable for first time offenses if you if there's a subsequent offense of the same nature within 3 years you will not get the benefit of compounding of these offenses lastly overtime wages have been fixed to twice the normal wages uh some companies may view this as a very substantive change because currently what uh it does is the existing law 
is that it allows the state government to fix the overtime wages. And this is anywhere right now between probably a one to two percent, one to two times your wages. What the wages code is doing is it is giving a uniform overtime wage of two percent, which is like twice your twice your normal wages. This is not really a very significant impact because currently many of the states are already having um, you know, wages at about twice the normal wages. So, for example, it's the case in Maharashtra. It is also the case in Karnataka, uh, where the wages are already twice the normal wages. So, we do not see this really as a significant impact. What we do see is this this provision out here of introducing an inspector come facilitator and you know compounding of offenses and uh, you know decreasing the imprisonment, though the fines have been increased. So I think it, it provides an opportunity to remedy before legal proceedings are initiated. And also uh, uh, these changes will lead to a reduction of risk for establishment and employers and ease governance of labor issues to an extent. Uh, guys, we are coming to now moving to the conclusion of our presentation here. Uh, a couple of final remarks I would like to make. As we mentioned, this is this recording is uh, this presentation has been uh, is getting recorded and any material that you need we will make it available to you on demand if you do have any questions please write to us and we will be happy to answer you we will do our very best to assist you in this thank you once again for joining today's webinar and on behalf of btj legal we want to send out our best wishes to everyone for the health and safety of you and your family and those close to you